Hey everyone, welcome to the Breakthrough Breakdown. In this podcast, we'll be breaking down the sermon from the previous week, diving into theological discussions, and even having some fun. Make sure to join us every Wednesday on Spotify, Apple Music, and download the Zion Clear Lake app for more updates. And with that, we hope you enjoy the Breakthrough Breakdown. Welcome to the Breakthrough Breakdown. This is Jason. I'm Jennifer. I'm Kate. And I'm Joe. That was that was a great way to bring that in. Oh, thank you. I'm feeling kind of mellow today. Yeah. You know what? Well, one, it's cloudy out. It is. So it's just kind of like is a Is there a chance of meatballs? Secondly, we just got through vacation Bible school. We Shout did. out to Kate and her team. It was awesome. It was awesome. But also when you're playing with 160 kids for three nights, yeah. you're ready to go to sleep. I was just telling Pastor Jason, I looked up the stats from the events check-in um, and 184 separate kids checked in. Cool. Um, 34 first timers and 45 plus volunteers. Cause I know there's some volunteers that did not check in not once. <laughs> so that's why it's 45 plus. So that's pretty cool. That's amazing. Yeah. It was pretty incredible. So what was your favorite part? Um, all of the student leadership. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool to have so many middle schoolers and high schoolers, but even like the fourth and fifth graders that stepped up and help lead in their small groups together like alongside of their small group leaders, I thought that was really cool too. You know, I've been talking to my own children about every generation should be discipling the generation after them. And so when you have six, seventh, eighth graders discipling, you know, four or five-year-olds, like they think they're just doing a craft, but, but it is like developing that discipleship, yeah. you know, mentality and culture in their like lives. That. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I, I love the fact that discipleship is not about just passing along information. Right. Like it's no discipleship is it's coming alongside of it's sharing life goals. I mean, all of us are discipled by something. I, I think you that's, guys doing a craft can absolutely be an act of worship, <laughs> which yeah. is kind of what we talked about yeah. last week. That's fun. That's all. I'm, I loved it. I went and I went and checked it out during the one of the oh, games. Yeah, Tuesday. And, yeah. And so I, I was there, uh, you guys were playing. It looked like sardines, or no? What? What is it? Uh, were you? Uh, um, it was the captain game Tuesday, wasn't it? I wasn't. It was a gym game when they were running across, and if you get tagged, you're out. I don't remember the name. Yeah, but, it's kind of like octopus tag, yeah, or so like used, Uncle Duger. Is it was great. Yeah. Well, wonderful job. It was. Thank awesome. you. It was fun. Uh, so we are. Um, we're almost in with summer. Yeah. It's crazy. It is so crazy. What do we no! have? Four, four weeks? Three weeks? I'll reckon the dock for yeah, September 4th. Well, and Baptism in the Lake was supposed to be last Sunday, but we ended up having to camp two Sundays ago. Yeah. But because of weather, we postponed. We didn't cancel. Postpone. We postponed. Sorry. Way different. Cancel means we're not doing it. Uh, so, well, let's do this. Let's talk about the previous week because we didn't do a podcast that week. A lot of stuff going on at Zion, and, and that's okay. Um, but we last week we talked about worship is warfare. Yeah. All right. So I'm just going to ask. And again, the whole point is worship is not about just music. Music is part of it. But I'd be remiss to ask, what is one of your favorite worship songs? If you had one that you were like, man, if I'm struggling or if I'm having a bad day, here's a song I listen to. What's what? What do you got? There's a lot of songs that I like to pull up. Uh, uh, one of the classics from camp. <clears throat> Because, you know, I worked at a camp. Oh Did you work at a camp? Yeah, Inspiration Point Christian Camp and Retreat Center. Uh, 
It was an it was a, a campfire song we'd usually sing, and it was called um, uh, "Wounded Soldier," I think. And it was all about uh, the lyrics was like, "I am a wounded soldier, but I will not leave the fight, for I know the great physician is healing me." Um, and it's just kind of our, our place. I can use that great position right now. My leg uh-huh. is hurting. I started running. Uh-huh. It's, yeah, that's off topic. Sorry. No, no. And it's, <laughs> it's, I just all, it's all about like this, this healing, uh, how God is healing us and sustaining us. And uh, he is the ultimate cure, really. I just like saying it because it's kind of a slower, uh, more reflective song, too. You is like reflective like, things? Are you slower yeah. and more reflective as a human I being? I never would have guessed yeah. that, John Hoppel. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, I, Ram 9. Yeah. I am kind of like musical ADD where mm-hmm. I don't have like a favorite song for very long. I almost like every day I'll tell John, I'm like, oh, you want to hear my new favorite song? And he goes, oh, the one you showed me yesterday? I said, no, new. New. <laughs> From I have a, today. I have a today. new favorite song. I do have a new favorite worship new song, song that I, um, it's called I Speak Jesus, Charity Gale, and a whole bunch of others. And it is very old school gospel-y, mm-hmm. um, but in a very modern like Maverick City worship style. And I really love it. Nice. How about you? Yeah, I can't say that there's one that I go to like always, but just one that I've the last couple of weeks I've been really into is the one that I love uh, by. Uh, that's what I'm asking. Is there a song you love? <laughs> that's the name of the song. <laughs> and we are the one Jesus loves. Who's on first? Um, yeah. I can't remember who sings it. And then, but if I have a workout song, it's Egypt with um, oh. uh, Corey Asbury and I think it's Elevation Worship. Yeah. I like, I could get that on that song and like it lifts my spirit really? and like causes me to jam out. So I kind of want to see like jamming pump, out, it's like, the, it's like the pump up worship for me. Like, so like 90s pump up the jam like worship that, for but, you like that. But like, I worship. Yeah. Does, it, does it begin with dinner, 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 like Pretty right, close. You all ready for this? No. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> uh, all you, of you at home. Yeah, we apologize. No, the rest of you are like, well, it's been one of the, we're all, we're all a little tired for different reasons. You know, so I have seasons, seasons, I have songs that kind of carry me through. And when I find one that I'm like, oh, uh, I'll listen to it a lot. Right now, one that I really enjoy is Same God from Elevation. Yeah. Well, I was going to say that too. Yeah, that's, that's a great one. That's one of my favorite ones right now. Um, it's So here's one of the things that I, I love about good music and worship. Um. And again, last week or two weeks ago, we talked about worship as warfare and that the enemy, his primary job is to take your eyes off of Jesus. That's all he wants to do. If he can do that, he's winning the battle, right? That's, Man, and I don't even need help in that area. That's right. I can I'm, do it on my own. I can do it on my own. So if in, in exactly. every once in a while, he'll just like, here's something for you to pay attention to other than Jesus, right? And uh, there's something about music that when it's done well, and it doesn't have to be a, a particular Christian worship song per se, but Music has that ability to speak to something deep within us. Yeah. And that's why they call some music soul music, right? It's because it connects to something deeper than just intellect. There's uh, there's, there's something um, profound and mysterious in music. Uh, but this last a couple of weeks ago, and, and without going into all the details, it's been, been kind of a rough week around here at Zion. We've been kind of going through some stuff and 
I was I was going out to go golfing, and I just I have my little my big speaker, and I'm just rocking. I got worship going, oh, yeah. and I needed that. And what I found was, and here's the thing, is that I because I was focusing on the worship and I was singing, I wasn't thinking about anything else. Sure. Yeah. On Monday night. Jennifer Kobe and her amazing servant's heart helped prep all of the classrooms. And as we were walking around getting ready for vacation Bible school, um, she was like, oh, your voice sounds a little hard, like hoarse. Are you sick? And I was like, no, I was <laughs> worshiping at the top of my lungs in this empty building by myself this morning. <laughs> That's amazing. So, it does, but it does have a, a way where it you does. Can, you really, it helps you fix your eyes back on Jesus. Yeah. And there's an entire book dedicated to song. And I find Amen. where I'm, when I'm worshiping too, like the, it's, I hear from the Lord too. And through, it's yeah. not just through the lyrics where it's like, okay, I can even step out of the music yeah. to dwell with him and, you know, and to seek him on something completely unrelated, but somehow that music led me there. Well, and I think, and I, this is why sometimes it can be foreign for people who aren't musical or who don't enjoy music. I know a few people that music is just not their thing. Yeah. They're just like, I don't listen to it. I they listen to talk radio, right? And for those who are musically inclined, we, we can somehow pigeonhole and say that's that's worship. That's right. the only thing. And yeah. uh, because I'm I'm also I don't fancy myself an intellectual by any means, but I enjoy reading and I like listening to podcasts and learning. One of the things that I've been really focusing on is how do I worship through my mind? Yeah. Cool. Um, how do I how do I make Jesus the object of my worship in my thought life, in my intellect, in my yeah. reasoning, in the in the things I'm discovering? And I, you know what I discovered is that's way harder than just listening yeah. to a song. If it doesn't come natural to you, like lately I've been trying to see food in my body and exercise as acts of worship. Yeah. You know, like that's, Little I have Paul to think about action, that. Whatever you do, do it unto the Lord. Amen. You eat drink. Yeah. Do, do. <laughs> <sighs> Such so sorry, kids. everybody. Such a kid's minister. Yeah, I know. So, all right. So let's think about worship as warfare. If, if Satan, like, I, I do think it's possible that Satan was a worship leader in heaven and mm. he wanted to direct the worship at himself. And so when he came here, of course, he's going to leverage what was probably his first gifting. I picture if Satan was a worship leader in heaven, he probably had an, an anointing. God gave him as an angel uh, the position to lead worship for him. And when he came here, because in his rebellion, he twisted what was good. And isn't that what Satan does with everything? He takes something that's good and he perverts it. Mm. And so he's found ways to pervert worship. Yeah. And that's really, I do believe if, if you were to, the, the end goal, you know, if, if every enemy has uh, an end goal in mind, I think that's Satan's. I think Satan's end goal is that if he can get us to not ascribe worship to God, that we worship something other and the word worship means to give value to ultimate worth um uh, it defines us and so if that's the case what happens when we choose even when we don't feel like it even when the storm is great that we choose to worship god yeah not the circumstance not ourselves not the not the problem um what do you guys think what, what do you think yeah. How, how does how does your worship or how have you found yourself? And let's be honest, it's hard to do that. Yeah. It requires the Holy Spirit and a community at times. How how do you find yourself? What are things that you do in the midst of the storm? Maybe it's song, but what do you do to, to help you worship? Or is that something you struggle with? I really like, I'm going to back up just a little bit because I like that you were saying that Satan uses those things. Anything that 
will get us to not worship the one who's worthy of our worship, right? You know, that's the first thing God tells his people of how to be an obedient, righteous people. So you have no other gods before me, right? And when any time that we idolize something else or worship something else, spend our time, talents, and treasures on something else, because that's an act of worship, right? Anytime we spend our time, talents, and treasures, you know, and we here at Zion had done for a while that journey language, a part of that up in and out triangle. And we still use that. And we still use enough, that. Yeah. And you think like some, I, that's what I still do sometimes when I'm like, I, okay. I think I worship well, but sometimes I'm worshiping something else. And yeah. whenever I have that reminder of like, what's my up right now? What am I actually worshiping? And as soon as I can turn my like fire hydrant, mm-hmm. you know, kind of affection and attention on the back to God, I'm back on track. But sometimes I focus on something else. Yeah, I think it's easy to look at your behaviors and to go, okay, what's that connected to? What am I believing about myself? Yeah. Like you can reverse the identity triangle where it's like, okay, this activity of mine, this thinking of of how I think about myself, is that from God? Because if it's not from God, then I've put something else in the place of God, even temporarily. Like it's so easy to do. Yeah. Um, So I think, yeah. So I, I totally agree with what you were saying about that. Mm. Well, I I think sometimes for me, I don't like, if I'm not, uh, actively singing or, or leading worship on a Sunday morning, uh, sometimes I'll be like, oh, I'm not worshiping anything right now. I'm, I'm on pause. I'm on, I'm taking a break. But that's not really true. I think I trick myself because that's not really true. I think we're worshiping something all the time. It's yeah. just yeah. what? All songs are worship songs. It's just what are you worshiping. All things are worship activities. It's just what what, what are you, you giving worth to in that moment? Yeah, 100%. It's, uh, and I think that's when we look at the, the warfare that takes place, spiritual warfare, this is why Romans 12 is so important. Yeah. Uh, it's in view of God's mercy because of what mm-hmm. Jesus did. Even though we are a idolatrous people, we're people who consistently worship the wrong thing. Yeah. God in his mercy chose to become flesh in his son and die for us. He offered his body as an act of worship. And, and that leads us to this week where we're talking about that the ultimate act of worship is obedience. Yeah. And that the ultimate way that we take back ground is through obedience that um and obedience is practical it's tangible as i was as i was working through this and and i've had several uh authors and and theologians and books kind of running through my head as i was um working on the message this past week and one of them uh there's uh forgive me for the life of me i can't remember his name right now that's fine it'll come to me later and i'll be like oh that's the guy's name Um, But one of the things that I think we forget is that we make Christianity a spiritual endeavor and not a natural endeavor, Mm. if that makes sense. Like we, because it does, it is about affecting our relationship with God. It's about us being right with, with Christ. Or even another way of putting that to like tie back to your message of heavenly or earthly. That's well, and that's exactly it is that we were, the problem is, is that we we tend to think of it's only as heavenly. separate them. It's like two compartment drawers. It's like, here's my spiritual drawer. Here's my earthly natural drawer. Oh, so, okay. True, true story. So when I, my first youth ministry in 2000, 
I got asked, do you guys know what Franklin Covey is? It's not as popular anymore. Mm-hmm. So Franklin Covey was a huge system to organize your day. It was an organizational system that was very popular in the 90s and early 2000s. Was it just for ministries or was it for anybody? No, it's for anybody, okay. like business okay. leaders. Um, so it's an organizational tool. Organizational tool to help you organize your day better, planning, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So this church hired me to, they paid for me to go to this thing with some other leaders. And we're sitting there. And now this guy's talking to pastors. This is specifically for pastors. And he goes, okay, now I want you to picture, you know, you got a pie tin and, and uh, you know, here's 60% goes to your job. That's the reality is your job takes up 60% of your time. That's crazy if you think about it. Yeah. 60% of our yeah. life is dedicated to, to work. And then you got 25% for your family because most of your time is taken up by work. So you get a little bit left for your family. And then he goes, and then you have the sliver. Don't forget, you have that 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 2 to 3% that belongs to God. He's talking to pastors. <laughs> and I said, I'm watching his pastors like, oh, that's good. That's yeah. good information. You're like, yeah. I got to make sure I get that 2 to 3% that belongs to God. And I sat there and I'm like, this is the most weird and I don't know if ironic is the right word. Like, you know, Alanis Morissette, her song, Ironic isn't ironic. So I want to, I don't know if I'm using the word right or not, but it was weird because here we are, a bunch of pastors who are telling people they need to submit themselves to God and we're going to an organizational oh, system that is telling us. Only 3% of your 3% life. of our life belongs to God, everything else. And, and, and make sure that, you know, you've got to have that spiritual life. And, mm. and I was like, that's it. We've, we compartmentalize and that's what faith becomes. And, and even how I became a Christian, ask Jesus into your heart. Yeah. And now, again, I have theological issues with that statement now, but that was the big thing. Make a decision to follow Jesus so you get to heaven. As if heaven was the end goal. That's the primary purpose. And then it was now obedience was not about obedience. It was about sin management. Yeah. Stop doing certain sins because you need to be a better person. Mm -hmm. And even though no one ever said you earned your salvation, it became not about obedience, but sin management. Now, don't get me wrong. Managing sin is part of obedience. Yeah. What's the other? It's like fire insurance. It was fire insurance. Yeah. <laughs> I love that it, was, it was fire yep. insurance also so that like a package of meat, I had a saved by date. Yeah. Here was the date I became a Christian. You were raised EV free. I mean, that's just, this is all part of the nothing. Don't get me wrong. My evangelical free brothers love Jesus. Baptist, every, we all love Jesus and we all agree and disagree on some fundamental things that are or not fundamental, but and, some small things. And God still uses that. And God still uses it. I mean, you and I are here for those exact same That's reasons. right. I became a Christian through what I would call was a flawed system. However, what it did is it taught me a duality. Yeah. It taught me a dualism about faith is that I have faith and then I have my life. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and yet Jesus talks about that the evidence of faith is obedience. And yet again, when you think of obedience, this is where I go to. I don't want to speak for you. When I think of obedience, I think of it as don't do something. That's what obedience is. Sure. It's, it's choosing not to sin. And this is where, and I didn't put it in this week's message, but uh, Abram. Oh, yeah. Abram was credited righteousness because he trusted and obeyed God. Had Abraham not gone to Canaan, so the story in Genesis, the Lord appears to Abraham. Abraham doesn't know who God is. He's not a Jew. Sure. There is no Bible yet. There's Yahweh's. He's just, they believe in lots of gods. And this God named Yahweh appears to Abraham and at that point called Abraham and says, hey, I want you to leave the safety and security of your family and home. Leave Ur, which is a technologically advanced civilization at that point, and go to this unknown wild place. And if you do, I'm going to bless you. Yeah. Now, I want you to think about this for a second. What if Abraham didn't go? Yeah. 
Was he in sin? Hmm. Not if he has a choice. I don't think so. Yeah, so what he said. If you go, I will bless. Right. It wasn't... I mean, is he saying if you go or is he saying I command you to go? Never commanded him. So he him a choice. then he would not be in disobedience, which I believe being in active rebellion against God is a sin. If he's not rebelling and he's just being passive, then I don't think it's a sin. But 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 now here's the question. Is all disobedience, this is this is where I'm wrestling with this. He didn't if he didn't go, then he wasn't obeying God. Right. Because God said There's go. a blessing. It's yeah. a, there's a blessing. Yeah. And so I think that's the part of the problem is we immediately associate obedience with sin or not sin. Yeah. And obedience means trust. Yeah. That's really Fo- follow. To follow. That's right. Yeah. Well, because I'm, if I trust, I'm following. Right. If I trust, I'm following that. That's right. right. And, and, yeah. And, yeah. Like if Abraham had heard that and gone, gosh, I mean, I, I do like where I'm at right now. And I, I like stay my here. Four bedroom house. I think, I, I think I'm not going to say that, it couldn't have, I mean, we wouldn't have the same story as we do now in the Bible, but I think it, you know, could God have still used it? Yeah, I think so. But it's, it, it's an interesting thing to think about. Like you, God has something for you to step into and you have a choice to step into it or not. And, you know, maybe it's not actively sinning, but it's, it's like, God, yeah, trust and faith in God because he knows what's best ultimately. Well, what I love know? about that decision too, or that even that question, if you go, you know, there, I think there are certain things that God commands us to not do. And I think those are for our benefit. So yeah. I think it's just that the lovingness of God to go, don't even go there. Yeah. It's going to be too painful, too much hurt. There's a and, ripple effect. But in this case, it's also like, I want you to come because you want to follow and love me. And isn't that what obedience that is? is what obedience and is. so, and when we think about it, the enemy wants to bring destruction into the world, and he brings it through sinfulness. But I also think part of it is through inaction. What's that? Uh, the only evil wins when good people do nothing. Do nothing. Yeah. Right. And and part of that obedience is choosing the opposite. It's okay. So let's Romans Romans chapter twelve. Paul goes into this list after talking about worship. He then talks about being a part of the community of faith, which we didn't talk about that on Sunday. And then he immediately goes into um, all these ways in which we live out our worship. Yeah. And they're not things that are overtly sinful. If you don't do them, you're not necessarily in sin. Sure. So some of them are, but like, for instance, rejoice with those who rejoice. If you don't rejoice with those who rejoice, are you sinning? No, but God calls us to do that. As an yeah. act of worship, mourn with those who mourn. If you don't mourn with those who mourn, are you in sin? That obedience, how do we change the world? Is we have to we have to act different than the world does. We have to respond differently. And that's what the obedience piece is. That's why faith is always meant to be a human, a natural reaction. Even the waters of baptism, sure. the wa- which we're doing baptism at the lake this past Sunday. The waters of baptism, You there is effort to get into the water. You're not saved by your efforts. Sure. But think about wading through. There's a cooperation. Well, and even, okay, just think about the physical nature, getting into the water. It takes effort. There's some resistance and there's some struggle and it might be cold. Is is that what saves you is because you made the effort? But it does take effort and obedience because Jesus tells us to be baptized. And then in that, God uses the baptisms, the waters of baptism to do something supernatural. 
What if God uses our obedience? That's how it's only through our obedience that God chooses to bring to bless the natural with the supernatural is through Christian obedience. I was just thinking about that. We had done a small group of our leaders before Vacation Bible School had done kind of a teaching or a walkthrough of obedience. And we were talking about um, this devotional. It was saying that obedience, remaining obedience helps you remain blessable. Mm -hmm. If you are not obedient, you are not being blessable. That like Abraham would he have been an act of sin if he would have just hung out, stayed in Ur, and lived out his life with Sarai, if that, however you say that, instead of Sarah? Sarai. Sarai, thank you. Um, you know, if he would have stayed there, he wasn't in sin, but he wasn't You're getting be blessed. blessed. That's right. Right. You know, we were talking about that. Even, even God's sovereignty and his wisdom of saying, rejoice with those who rejoice. If you're not rejoicing with your sisters in Christ that are rejoicing, what are you doing? You're probably sitting somewhere in between jealousy, jealousy or envy, pride, pride yeah. which a, are it's going to lead to lust. Yeah, it's right. a lot more likely that that's going to happen. I think what's interesting too about the blessing that follows obedience is that it's not necessarily monetarily. Right. Oh, it's usually not, it's not. It's not, right. a, you know, a promotion. It's not a new friend. It's not a better house. The blessing is Christ known in your life. Yeah. Like Jesus alone is the blessing that you get more. Yes. Than. Jesus yes. is our abundance. Going yes. back from yeah, a few man. weeks ago, right? Way Jesus is our back. abundance, right? Well, and uh, so, okay, so uh, I have a good, someone, one of my best friends now. Um, we met at the gym and, and we were hanging out at the gym. And, and, and while we're working out, I felt like the Lord told me three and a half years ago, almost four years ago, Jason, I'm, I want you to have an impact in this person's life. And I want you to build a relationship. Not so I could bring them to Christ, but I just genuinely, the Lord laid this person on my heart. This person is now one of my closest friends. Yeah. And, and I've told him that I'm like, and it, he wasn't a project. I wasn't trying to save him. He just heavily on my heart, Jason, make an attempt to build a relationship, be intentional. Right. And that small act of obedience has led to an incredible blessing in my life. Now I didn't, that felt weird. I, how many times do we realize that when God asks us to obey, yes, he doesn't want us to sin. So choosing not to sin is an act of obedience sure. as well. But if the only thing that is obedience is sin, what about the times that God just simply asks us to do something and are you willing to trust him? Are you, I mean, that's, I think that's far more the obedience. And when we do that, that's actually how we countermand. That's how we we take back ground that was lost to Satan because every time I choose to obey Christ, mm-hmm. obey the Holy Spirit, I'm now saying, Satan, you don't get that area anymore. Yeah. yeah. And okay. What was lost is regained. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, and it increases your faith. So mm-hmm. then that's for the next step of obedience. And it just continues to increase. You continue to know God more. You continue to experience him more. And you can continue to have more obedience let there be light so now what you people can't see is we're sitting here thursday morning at 10 11 30 and it got super dark outside and we're like sitting in the church library and it here. feels like it's 8 p.m at night i'm starting to like you know get my tired. eyes go cross-eyed where i'm like oh no i'm gonna fall asleep right here i almost went and did it about 10 minutes ago and i thought okay we only we, we only do this for 45 to 55 minutes I can we can do it. it we can do it. i'm we tired we like we're all yeah. yeah so the life's good but anyway the point is so take like take take anything with obedience there is a discomfort Sometimes there's a fear. Yeah. 
you know, so there are, there are things that are hinder that hinder you from following. And the thing is, is when you do that and when you step out, your faith increases. You guys, yes. obedience is something that if I walk alongside another woman, um, that's the first thing that I talk about because it was the hardest thing about my own personal journey. Yeah. It's like my acts of obedience weren't just like these. And sometimes they were small things of like choosing not to go to the bar or, you know, choosing to get up early Can on Sunday morning. Can we stop for a second? Yeah. That's sometimes that's a, a big thing. That is yeah, a big thing. But I had things where yeah. like I cut off a seven-year relationship. Right. I moved right. out of a home. I lost all of my you friends. Job. I quit my job. Mm-hmm. Like I had these huge life-altering steps of obedience that were literally leaps of faith. And... I'm so blessed. I am so blessed. The things that I used to pray for, the things that I like selfishly complain about now, like, oh, my husband leaves his socks on the floor. Like, girl, you've got a husband. (laughs) (laughs) I wish my wife was here. Lisa, if you're listening to this, uh, the wet towel on the bed, just be grateful you're married to me. You have a a husband who can leave a wet towel on the bed. Jennifer Colby has a card at the desk if you need to talk. <laughs> That's true. I'm here for you, Lisa. <laughs> but, well, I mean, and so when we think about spiritual warfare, and again, this, I think the enemy wants to move us towards inaction because he knows that if we can get us thinking that the only goal of Christianity is a personal relationship with Jesus. If that's the only goal, there was a woman who just walked by with, with the a bag, garbage bag on her head. <laughs> oh, no. Like all the way around her head, <laughs> like no, suffocatingly. And it wasn't, it was a garbage, I think it was was a fairway bag, bag, a grocery bag. But what if, what if (laughs) Satan's most devious trick is to make you think that the ultimate goal of Christianity is to have a personal relationship with Christ? Right. Like that's a, that's true. We should have that. Personal as in not to be shared, not to be spoken about, not to be shown. And it's just because it's just me and him. I think about that in the nine, in the two thousands. They had the t-shirts that Jesus is my homeboy. Do you remember those? You might be a little too young for that. I do not. Okay, so they were very, it was very popular. Rock stars were wearing them. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it was all over. And I remember I wore it because I was the hip youth pastor. I had a a Satan is a nerd shirt. It was an all black shirt with the white letters. (laughs) Satan is a nerd. But I remember wearing, I had this Jesus is my homeboy. And this pastor challenged me. And at first I was like, you don't get it. You're not cool. You yeah. know. If it's too loud, you're too old. And yeah, and, and his response was was this. He goes, Jason, I get what you're trying to say there, but he's not just your homeboy. Yeah. Yeah. He's also your Lord. Amen. And and I was like, and I got I'm like, you don't understand. You know, this is you you want it just about religion. And and the truth was, he actually understood something in that moment I wasn't understanding. And that is that, yes, Jesus calls me friend. That's John 14, 14 or 15, I think it is. Um, we are friends with God, but he, I'm his, he's my king first. Yeah. And that obedience, when my children, there's a reason why my children call me dad and not Jason. Or J-Dog. Like one time my, my daughter, my daughter or my son called me Jason. I said, nope, mm-hmm. that ain't happening, right? Yeah. <laughs> Because I'm not that. I'm yes, I yeah. my kids. There's a point in my life where I will be friends with my kids. But my I, favorite is when a child at the church tries to get a hold of their parent that works at the church, and they say things like Jennifer Colby <laughs> or Kate Hopple instead of mom, <laughs> because I'm talking to someone else, and they'll know that yeah, mom I will ignore. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then think about what happens when, and if it's all about my personal relationship with Jesus, and I alluded to this story, and I've actually had this story many times with many people. 
when people say, oh, I'm very spiritual. I have a relationship yeah. with Jesus. But then when they talk about it, it's like they have a relationship with their dog. Yeah. That Jesus is not, Jesus is just that guy that, that, that's force, that spiritual entity that makes them feel good. And I've, I've had that, that one story was actually a collection of multiple stories I've had with many people who I can't say if they're Christian or not. I was going to do quotations who say they're Christians, not my decision to make if they are or aren't. But the danger of people who they want Jesus to be in their heart, but in no other part of their life. Yeah. Well, you just, you just said something that made me think is like, you don't know, Jason, if these people are Christians or not. You don't know. They say that they are, but you don't know. And it's like, do they know? Like, right. I was just like, I hope you, people know I'm a Christian. Yeah. Well, it's like, or do they if actually it's know all, if they're a Christian? If yeah. it's all either way, if it's all spiritual, if it's all just private, I have a relationship with Jesus and that's all you need to know. That's important. That's all what's important. It's like, yeah, but you don't. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much more to that, you know? I would be actually so devastated if people couldn't see Christ in my life. Right. Right. I like, agree. wow, if they were like, that Jennifer Colby, blah, 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 blah. There's that old cliche. Is she, a, is, is, she, if, is she religious or not? I have no idea. Like, yeah. Well, there's the old cliche, if, if you are on trial for your faith, is there enough evidence to convict? Oh. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, it's kind of cheesy, but it's true. I like that, though. I mean, yeah. And yeah. there's a reason why things are cliche is because sure. they have a ring of truth that's simple. And we we tend to minimize simple statements, but that's a true well, statement. And, you know, what's interesting about that is we are going to stand before God someday. Uh-huh. And there is going to be a judgment. And there, you know, and even I, as Christians, we're still going to be that's judged. That's right. And I, I want. I want the evidence laid out before the Lord, the Lord, the way he will lay out before me to be one that is glorifying to him in the end. Well, and that's why when we stand before Christ, and this is where if we take the words of Christ seriously, we should be a little, we should be a little freaked out. There should be an urgency to our life and to our faith. And, and an honest question, you know, when, when Jesus talks about the sheep and the goats, there are those who perform miracles in my name who... Mm-hmm. You know, talked about me. Who read the Bible? Who knew all the stuff? Who healed? Who cast out demons in my name? Yeah, That's their right. resume is freaking impressive. Their resume is. is amazing. They're going to get up there, and Jesus is going to go. I don't know you. That's now, terrifying. Now, here's why I'm That's not personally. Here's why I'm not personally scared of it because I, I can, I can 100 say I love Jesus and I belong to Jesus. Amen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't. I don't live yeah. in fear of what if. However, what I do, what it does make me ask is. Am I living in such a way that I actually believe it or I just say it? Because if I believe mm. it, it means it should be demonstrated in my life. Amen. But that's where my security, because if I was like, am I doing enough? Well, now that's another that's workspace. Works. That's yeah. workspace. Yeah. I actually don't worry about it, but I do pose the question, do you actually know if you're a Christian? When I ask Christians, how do you know you're saved? I'll usually get a couple of responses. Well, I was raised Lutheran or I mm. grew up Baptist. That's not what I asked. Or I got baptized when I was a kid or, you know, I went to youth group when I was younger and got baptized when I was 12. Didn't ask that either. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Or I get the one I'm spiritual. I'm a very spiritual person and I have a relationship with Jesus. And I'm like, what's the evidence of that? And this is where I think the challenge of the book of James comes in or Uh, parts of Galatians is uh, if you say you have faith, but you have no deeds, your faith is dead. The evidence of our faith is action. It's obedience. And it's not just obedience to stop sinning. It's obedience when God says, Jason, I want you to bless this person next to you. Bless those who curse you. I don't want to do that, Lord. I'm just obeying. Yeah. Now, here's the crazy part. 
I'm not in sin if I don't choose to bless somebody. I am in sin if I choose to curse them. That's, but Jesus, or Paul takes it a step further when he, he does, he doesn't say, if somebody curses you, just don't curse them back. No, he says, bless them. Yeah. That's the obedience. We That's the hard We were talking about that in uh, Sermon Read-Through, that like our rules for Z kids, the D in Z kids stands for don't be mean, do be kind. It's more than just don't be mean to someone. You do take the action of being kind. Uh, love does. Bob Goff. <laughs> There's your mom. Oh, I know. It actually so made cool. you guys. You know, read this book. It's such a good book about how love is an action. Is love does. I knew you could do it. Thanks, friend. You're welcome. I'd still, so did I tell you my friend had Bob Goff at his yeah, church? Yeah, and it was like crazy expensive. And and what, he's not, he, not going to do it just, anymore. Yeah, he just said he's, he's wasn't going to do it. Now that could change because it's Bob Goff. He's That's an Enneagram 7. He could be like, I'm doing all the things now, yeah. right? <laughs> um, the uh, I, I think, again, when we talk about spiritual warfare, the whole point of this series has not been about what spiritual warfare is, but how it plays out. Yeah. And I think this is the challenge that I would, I'm giving myself right now. Are there things in my life that I know that God is calling me to that maybe I'm resisting or I'm afraid of? Um, and, and I don't know who it was that said this. Usually the hard thing to do is the right thing mm-hmm. to do. Are there mm-hmm. hard things in my life that I know are what God wants me to do, but because they're hard, I'm like, can I do something else? Jesus was faced with that. Yeah. It's at all possible to take this cup from yeah. me, Lord. If I don't have to go to the cross, that would be epic right i pictured that would be that's jesus if he had lived in california in the 1990s yeah, yeah, yeah. i think right, what's right, right. so interesting too about that is it's just the next right thing yeah like i don't think god calls us to have it all figured out no we're not like we're just supposed to do the next right thing that's right and that, a lamp to your feet right it's, 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 it's like the dailiness of manna and it's the lamp of your feet like i got i need him every day to know where to go and just to take that one next step that one next direction and then whenever the time comes i'll get the next one and i can walk in that obedience and i would say what if it's not just the next right thing but the next good thing because good sure. and right aren't always the same thing right whatever is right is always good but not everything that's good is always right yeah. Because sometimes yeah. we assume what is good. Yeah. Right. right. It's like, you know, how we bear fruit. Are you bearing fruit? Are you bearing good fruit? So this is actually, so Jennifer and I were talking about this whole judging thing, right? That, that as Christians, we are actually called to judge fruit. Yeah. We're, that, but we're not standing in judgment. In judgment. Yeah. We're making the not statement of, no, that's, that's not, when somebody sins, we can't go, who am I to judge? No. We have to call sin, sin, but it's only when God declares it a sin. I don't get to determine sin. Right. So, and I don't get to, to determine heart motivations that's or right. heart posture or repentance or any of that. I know none of that. Right. And, and so even in obedience, I don't, you might look like you're outward away, outwardly obeying Jesus sure. and totally being in rebellion. Yeah. You can. Yeah. 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 Wow. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's, well, that's, that's the Pharisees. That, that, and that goes back to the, you, you healed in my name. The yeah. fruit yeah. was correct. But you were completely just. That's yeah. the Pharisees. The Pharisees on the outward, everybody were like, these guys are the men of God. Yeah. These guys are, they were the, they were the, the rock stars. They were the theological, spiritual rock stars, and yet they were far from God. That's, wow, that's, that was a good one. That's a really profound thought. And I, you know, earlier to your statement about, because I said it in summary through that, that terrifies me. And Kate just said it in this, you know, in this podcast recording. And the thing is, you're like, I'm not terrified for myself. I'm not terrified for myself oh, either. Right. 
my fear comes from the people that we were called to shepherd and flock. But there are some people in our church who outwardly are doing the right thing and who are, who, whose hearts are far from God or whose hearts are for God, but are being inactive. And this is why we speak the truth in love. Right. Amen. You can have love, but if you don't have truth, it's not real love. You can speak truth, but if there's not love, it's only half truth. Mm-hmm. And that's and a half truth, so whole, whole lie. lie. That's right. Well, hey, I, just because we're all a little yeah. tired and it's <laughs> storming outside, know, this has been it. great. Hey, uh, I'm excited for. I mean, this is we're recording this before Sunday. I'm excited for baptism of the lake. I'm, yeah, it's going to be so fun. Me too. But here's what I'm praying. I'm praying that. We see people who want to be baptized simply because they've not been living in the direction God wants them to. And this is an act of obedience, truly believing in what the waters of baptism do. Amen. Um, so I'm, I think I'm excited to see what God wants to do. Well, Hey guys, this has always been wonderful for those of you who are listening and have, uh, partake, partook in, uh, partaken in this, whatever that is. Thank you for listening. If you found this helpful or enjoyable, rate us. It actually does. When we get ratings, that lets us know how things are going. And, um, and if you found it helpful, share it with somebody else. You can do it on podcasts or other things. Other than that, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Jason. I'm Jennifer. I thought we're going that reverse round. I'm Kate. And I'm John. This is the Breakthrough Breakdown. See you manana. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Breakthrough Breakdown, a Zion podcast. Make sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple Music, and check out the Zion Clear Lake app. Share this podcast with your friends so they can tune in as well. We'll be back next Wednesday with another episode of The Breakthrough Breakdown.